today for coming in full Thomas, Thomas gear. The fire gear. He's got his hair in two braids. He's got the bow tie. He's got the vest, the cool vest. Yeah. The button up shirt. Yeah, button up flats. shirt. Awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> we were joking around. I was like, oh, I don't dress like Thomas, I think. You know? I mean, I do normally wear stuff like this, but I don't know. We normally have the hair like that. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty, pretty tough. You know. That's a pretty tough outfit there. First question we're going to ask you is, why Smoke Signals? Well, it's just a movie that I've, I can really relate to I've, ever since I saw it. There's just so many parallels in this movie that I've had, you know, in my life, I've had experiences with or heard stories with my family and everything, you know. Mm-hmm. You mean a crazy lady on a bus? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> crazy white lady? <laughs> crazy white lady? Gymnast no. I, I can just tell you, well, one thing that I remember the first thing that, that caught my mind was the backwards car. <laughs> and it's just because because my mom had a friend from Pendleton that had a car that only drove backwards because she, could, she couldn't afford to get the transmission fixed. It's, hey, it's just like your friend. <laughs> the res bomb. Yep. Cheryl has a, a good car a, story. I have a good backwards car story. We're going to have to get that one, though, yep. and, and during during the thing <laughs> when we talk about the scenes here. Well, this is awesome. We have not uh, taken on smoke signals yet, which is interesting, but... Um, yeah. A choice. Yeah. We, we, um, we take on some of the more egregious films. But, uh, yeah, so what do we know about this uh, movie? So the synopsis of the movie is Arnold rescued Thomas from a fire when he was a child. Thomas thinks of Arnold as a hero, while Arnold's son, Victor, resents his father's alcoholism, violence, and abandonment of his family. The IMDb is 7.2. Um, the Rotten Tomatoes is 81%. Critics and 82 audience, so it kind of did pretty good with yeah, both. both of them. Usually there's a big difference, so that's kind of cool. Pretty good scores. It's also the first major motion picture, I think, to be written and directed all by natives. That in and of itself is amazing. And a full native cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except for the, the gymnast. <laughs> <laughs> and the two cowboys. And the two racist cowboys. <laughs> Uh, director of this film is Chris Iyer and writer Sherman Alexi. I don't know if he wrote the script. Movie Screenplay? Script, I didn't, yeah, I didn't but look too it's deep based into on that. His, yeah, I didn't either. It's based on his book, The Lone Ranger and Tonto Fist Fight in Heaven. So. Have you read the book? I've read the book, yeah. I read it a long time ago. I, I, was, I more liked his um, one about me, <laughs> part-time Indian. Oh. Shit. <laughs> I read that one. Yeah. That one's good. That one's I've read good. that one at least a handful of times. I live in town. <laughs> <laughs> so um, some stars in the movie, Adam Beach, obviously, as Victor Joseph with a very bad wig. We'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> Evan Adams as Thomas Builds the Fire. Irene Bedard as Susie Song. Gary Farmer as Arnold Joseph. No naked buns in this film, though. <laughs> I think they're implied with the lady. Oh, <laughs> maybe. His naked buns are implied. <laughs> Maybe this was early in his career before he had it in his contract. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he, no, this is like later on. Maybe he got, he doesn't have to show buns now. Yeah. <laughs> you know? He's moved up in his career. He's moved now. up. No he bun shots. <laughs> that's what he puts in his, that's a clause No now. gratuitous. Yes. No <laughs> bun shots. It's a clause in his contract now. He wants oh. strictly front shots now. <laughs> Wasn't there a bun shot though on Res Dongs? Uh, oh yeah! Oh yeah! And in Dead Man, and in 
Um, is, he, is there one when he? Powell Highway. Yeah, Powell yeah. Highway. Yeah. <laughs> we should rank his buns. Yeah. <laughs> what is best bun scene? Very Bart Farmer. Best bun scene. Ranked from. Ranked from. What's the best? Probably from flat to flat. See when he was most in shape. When was Gary Farmer just killing it with squats? <laughs> okay, Cody. What like? if we find out that it's not really his buns, though? If we do a deep dive, he has a bun. <laughs> he has a bun standing. I, I don't know. That that shape is pretty unique. <laughs> that shape has if. I know they always. Uh, my brother teased me. He said I got a medicine man body like Gary Farmer, the chubby guy with skinny arms, <laughs> skinny legs, and skinny arms and skinny legs. Yeah, the buffalo body. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so more native actors: Cody Lightning as the young Victor, John Trudell does uh, sort of a cameo, yeah, I guess, in like the, the beginning and the radio announcer. Michael Gray Eyes. I don't, I don't remember where he is. He's playing basketball. Oh, yeah, they're in the right. gym. That's right. Uh, Elaine Miles, uh, that backwards car. <laughs> and Simon Baker from Buffalo Dreams. Hey. <laughs> I haven't seen him too much else, but there you have it. All right. Let's get into talking about this film and uh, our feathers. What's I actually your... really don't like this movie. <laughs> well, I think white people have ruined this movie for me because it's the only movie <laughs> that, that yeah. white people want to talk to me about. Like, man, what about smoke signals? And I'm like, dude, shut up. You know, <laughs> yeah. You're not going to say it right. You're not going to get it right. <laughs> like, I don't want to hear it from you. It's like white people's favorite Indian movie. It's the only one. Yeah. No, it is. I had, yeah, I had a teammate in college that would always try to quote the movie to me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. They're, they're like the, you know, quote unquote, cooler white people who like uh, maybe see us as like more more or less not like, oh, those are Indians. But it's, you know, people, those white people are like maybe push too hard to try to think that it's cool. But I don't know. Then I just found it kind of annoying over the years. Um, he runs like, runs a marathon in boots. <laughs> I'm surprised so many have seen it actually I know my, so my friends never actually seen it of course I grew up in kind of more of a city area a little bit it's a 1998 film so those of you who didn't know it's a uh, you know came out quite a while ago already and it did follow the Lone Ranger um, book which w- which became a bestseller was it a bestseller? I, I, th- I mean, it, it was, was one a, it was of them, a really I think. well-known. We get a couple bangers. Yeah, sure it was Alexi a, did, yeah. yeah, and so that it, it kind of rode that wave. I think part of it is the shine is worn off because we have more movies now that are made by natives and directed by natives and that are produced by natives, and so it's like now we're going now we go yeah. back to the original one, the first one, and 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 you're like, oh, you know, that was kind of cheesy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, you, you see the development now, just like you look back in your freshman high school picture and you think you looked really hot, but <laughs> <laughs> that was just you at that time, you know what I mean? <laughs> There's so many great things to say, though. Like, even though I just said I, I, I'm annoyed by it, like, <laughs> I still say all the time, we ain't doing this no more. <laughs> no more. <laughs> and it's like, it's funny because like only half the people get the joke. It's you know, a pretty even, quotable movie, yeah, though. Yeah. It has a lot of good quotes yeah. in there. It does. It this does. is probably we should have brought back Cheryl's quotes corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, your fancy dancer feather. I know it's a close second. I, I still like the res car, but when he shuts down the gymnast. I feel oh, like yeah. I've had that conversation so many times with people about everything. <laughs> Just mainly, oh, man, when they say, what are you? It's, oh, I'm a Modoc and Rick Ross. I'm a Cherokee. I'm like, oh, yeah. I know. God. Don't get me started on that. You know, and then it just, it's just that one thing. I just kind of reminded me of, you know. And yeah, especially when she's like, are you Indians? You know, <laughs> like that question that you get from, you know, maybe there's no natives around where they live. So when they first see you, they're like, oh, are you an Indian? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, gee, like, <laughs> yeah. it's old. I'm sorry. I don't trust anybody who says they're Chickasaw, Choctaw, <laughs> or Cherokee. <laughs> I'm gonna have to see some papers. <laughs> <laughs> or you're gonna have to tell me some really inside. I want you to produce an actual grandma. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna need to see a grandma, or you're gonna need to say A for me really fast. You're gonna need to, yeah. I'm gonna have to talk to you. We're gonna have to figure out what's going on here. I do like, because we all know those kind of ig, ig natives who just are like that. Like, that's me sometimes as well. But I think it's so funny where he's like, so, so you weren't on the team? 
Yeah. You were an alternate? <laughs> so he's just like being super... Just being a hater. <laughs> yeah. just being super rude to her. And I'm like, that's kind of funny to do He that. did it with a smile on his face. Too. <laughs> yeah. He was enjoying really have it. nothing yeah. to complain about, yeah. huh? He's all sitting there stretching out all crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just so trying to show off. You know? That was so weird. But the res car, I mean, I almost think the res car is kind of a dying thing. You know, <laughs> you know I, I, I just... I just want, like I said, I, I, I remember at Piamsha days in Warm Springs, Oregon, they used to have a res car contest. At the, oh, yeah. And yeah. the requirement was it had to be a daily driver. They couldn't just go get some old beater out of the weeds. <laughs> but man, they had some rugged cars. And I haven't really seen a good res car. Like, I think the last time was at the powwow. Oh, it was a bona fide res car. I mean, <laughs> it was a Dodge Durango, a plastic baffling around the front, and those two tractor headlights to get at runnings. Oh, bolted oh, to yeah. it and that was it like oh my god they drove that here uh, i mean that's some pretty good ingenuity right there ingenuity yeah. um i think ben has a good uh a res car every once in a while doesn't he, he one one breaks down and he just gets another one with whatever he comes always, next yeah, yeah he always gets like some kind of arpa check or whatever then when that one gives out then he goes and somehow <laughs> finds somebody that that also bought their car from ARPA. Yeah. And then they want to sell it. So then he goes and buys their car. He's on like his third ARPA car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have to tell the people your car story. So that that was a true Indian car. We, I was in uh, seventh grade. Cannonball, North Dakota, picture it. Cannonball, <laughs> set the scene. <laughs> so uh, there was a group of us. One of the girls drove her brother's car to school. And so at recess oh, yeah. time, she was like, yeah, let's let's go for a cruise. At so, recess, mind yeah. you. <laughs> so we waited till the recess monitor was looking away. <laughs> and then we all pig piled in the car. It was an Indian car, the, you know, the old style Indian yeah. car. Could you imagine like that? Just boat. a bunch of it kids just huge. taking off a recess and it jumping in the car. Kodiak Seeb's Elementary. <laughs> boat of a car. And uh, yeah, it was like four different colors. And went cruising around, joy riding around, cannonball, lost track of time. <laughs> really having fun. We were having a blast. So got back. Of course, everybody was in from recess. And so we went walking in like, oh, man, we're going to get in trouble. So go, in, go into our um, classrooms and sure enough, called all our names on the intercom. <laughs> go to the office. So we all went into the office and principal was, oh, so you guys want to go joy riding? Huh? I should be doing that, blah, blah, blah. And, Kind of gave us the riot act and and he's like all right turn over the keys and we all looked at each other because we were like oh my god don't laugh <laughs> don't we knew what was going to happen because the car started with the screwdriver <laughs> <laughs> so he was like turn over the keys so the girl had to reach in her back pocket and pull out the screwdriver Cigarettes and beer. <laughs> <laughs> he was 
little shocked when the little kid, it was a nice truck too. He hopped out and all of us are like, gee, that little boy. But Joe was just like, oh my God, you know. I think that's just baked in natives though, because even my uncle, when I when he came to visit up in uh, Bismarck, he let me drive a car when we're in town here. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody kind of got mad at him because they were like, what? Huh? <laughs> and he was like, it was just a straight line. <laughs> or you let you sit your kid on the lap and let yeah, them they get steer. To drive. Yeah, they get to steer. Yeah. I always tease Nats, my little eight-year-old niece. I'm like, oh, Nats, we're going to teach you how to drive here pretty soon. She always gets scared. I'm like, that's when I learned how to drive when I was your age. So yeah, we used to, I remember out in the country, we used to, Brent used to work the pedals and I would steer. <laughs> Like, he would be sitting on the floor, and he would push it in the next year, and yeah, we were crazy. So when did you first drive? <laughs> you know, I, even though I grew up in the city, I, I, it was about seventh grade. Yeah. I, <laughs> because I, I, my uncle, but they had a farm out in Driscoll, and I would come out and farm mm-hmm. every summer, and he just threw me in a, in a giant <laughs> two-and-a-half-ton 1964 Chevy grain truck. There you go. You're going to haul some hay bales. It's a giant stick. And I kind of felt like Indiana Jones, he's in the big... You know, the big truck, Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, trying to shift it. I was going to say, yeah, like, by the time I was 13, I already rolled my first car. <laughs> I rolled my grandma's car when I was 13. I think you tweeted that the other yeah. day, too. That made me laugh when you were like, yeah, I rolled the car and I still heard Jagged Edge on the radio. I remember the music. Yeah, I still remember the song. Because one of us bumped, the, me and my cousin, one of us bumped the radio and the music just turned up loud. Because the video was like... When somebody gets in a car accident, is the music still playing? And that they showed a girl, she was all like, acting like she was all wrecked, and the music was all loud. <laughs> yep, it does. And the song gets burned in your brain. <laughs> yeah. Your life. Well, yeah, even Delane. Oh, she yeah. rolled. She, she rolled, rolled the car too. She <laughs> was only about. 10. We're the same age. Yeah, yeah. That's right. like we have. It happened like back to back, and everybody both was. rolled their grandma's cars. <laughs> <laughs> still, my oh my. Pooja, it's okay. Are you okay? I know. I didn't even get in trouble. Oh, man. Okay, so back to the scene. Back to the scene. My favorite scene was probably when I like all the basketball scenes. I especially like the one where, like, I like Michael Gray Eyes. So I like the scenes that he was in. And he's young and, you know, he's following it up in these scenes. And I like their little conversations that they're having. You know, where they're talking about who would be, like, the best basketball player. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they're like, oh, they're talking about Apaches are, like, five feet yeah. tall or something. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I liked that one because that's how natives do talk, you know. Mm-hmm. They're like, mm-hmm. they're all short down there. They're, you know, <laughs> and then, you know, and he's talking about, yeah, Geronimo will whoop your ass or something like that. He said, hey, that's who he would pick to yep. be his, like, his teammate. <laughs> One of the scenes I really liked when they're talking to that cop, because they're because they go into that sheriff's office, and Thomas is sitting there, and he's you can tell he's like all freaked out because he doesn't have any contact with cops, and then and Victor's standing there all belligerent. He's like arguing, saying we didn't do this, and that cop turns and looks at Thomas, and he says, you know, what do you think of this? And he goes, we was framed. <laughs> For uh, my favorite scene. I always like when he's with his dad in the pickup truck and he like smokes him in the face. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's like, you know, like uh luckily I was never hit like that. I was never hit like that, but you do, you know, with uncles and stuff, they're like, What are you doing? You know what yeah. I mean? When you're Not doing in the face, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. What are you doing yeah. this guy? Knock it off. You're like, oh man. And it's, and it's more like an accident like that, too. Where he actually yeah. spilled. It was like yeah. kind of the dad's fault. You know yeah. what I mean? He went over a bump. I was like, dude, you're just getting traumatized from this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Flashbacks. And then, like, uh, I still kind of say it sometimes. And they're like, poof, white people. Poof, back to Europe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Poof, back yeah, to Europe. Yeah, those are some good quotes. <laughs> no, that's a good one. I like, I like that when he goes, poof, away from here. You know, and then it's kind of sad because... You see, that's like one of the very few things that he has with his dad is these nice little car rides. Yeah, and they had their little, like, magic, you know, he's teaching him magic and all those little yeah. jokes and stuff, you know. So, it, yeah, you do get to see their relationship just even within those little, the yeah. little scene right there from the ga- the drive to the house. Yeah. They're having a good time and talking and kind of bonding, you know. But then you also get to see the bad right. side of it, you know. 
And I think that kind of goes to the whole theme of the movie, which is like forgiving your father, like mm-hmm. you know, like forgiving your parents for. Well, it's definitely an issue in Indian country. I mean, um, my grandpa. I mean, his story is pretty similar to Victor Arnold. I mean, he was a he was a football coach at Chamawa Indian School, and then when they shut it down, he uh, went to Stewart Indian School in the seventies. But little did my grandma know that he secretly was going there permanently, and he ended up divorcing my grandma in Carson and marrying a white woman, and running running away from you know my mom and their siblings, which she was. You know, in high school in the seventies, but you know, and and so simply, I think the seventies was a really hard time for natives because you know, I mean, you know, she told me stories about having to pick them up at the Indian bars in Portland. You know, and they're always been him and his older brother was always fighting down there, and and he was a really bad alcoholic. And then, and then Stewart got shut down, and then you know, and he ended up did coming back to Chamal when they rebuilt it, but she, you know, she had a lot of bad feelings but you know but she always they, they they reconciled eventually but i mean i think she felt a lot like victor mm-hmm. you know yeah. abandoned because then my grandma did that was the tail spin down for her yeah. you know couldn't recover from yeah. that and that's kind of you know i watched this movie this morning to refresh my mind it kind of made me cry because i was thinking about that guy I talked to her about it the other day <laughs> i was just like how did it happen again why did he go down there anyway getting mad at your grandpa <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to our sneak up feather. I would have to go with, um, they're, they're, we already mentioned them, but the ladies who are driving backwards, I like them. <laughs> I like the aunties. Yeah, I would, I would have liked to see more of them. Yeah, I wish they showed more. But yeah. then again, maybe that was the perfect amount. You know what I mean? Yeah, you don't they might have got annoying after Yeah, you don't want to overplay them. Exactly, game. yeah. Cause the, I like that their joke was that they carried around soda in a gulet. <laughs> Yeah. We don't drink no more, remember? <laughs> Give me a Coke. <laughs> because I've had aunties sober up and they're like that. They're like, you know, I mean, I think we all do when we sober up. Just like, Give me a drink then. Is that, you know? You know, is that what everybody, that's what I was really drinking for a while there when I went sober. Just Coke for days. So maybe. <laughs> Speaking of, was Coke sponsor of this? They're really making it look I good. Know, they had that. And then every time, like, there's a couple times when. When uh, Thomas was talking, there was like a Coke can prominently oh, yeah. displayed by him. Did you notice that? I was like, "Hey, is this like some product placement?" Maybe that's how they helped. Oh, I don't know. That's how they helped got paid. Remember, they yep. paid for the movie. Yep, they paid for the movie. Well, we needed some Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I would say like one of the best secondary characters is probably the mom. Because she, again, another strong Indian Mia in this yeah. movie. You know, she's she gets sober. She realizes, like, she sees what it, their drinking is doing to their son. And she's like, like you said, we're not doing this no more. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of, you know, I, I kind of have the same kind of real-life story, like, to her, too. I, I'm sober now, too. I quit drinking seven years ago now. It's going to be eight Ooh. years coming up. Ooh. And, um, yeah, it's like. I just looked at my kid one day and I was like, I don't want to continue this cycle with my yeah. kids, you know. Yeah. So I like how she was able to. She but she always stays strong throughout the movie, you yeah. know what I mean, for her son, yeah. for Victor. So and she's also trying to still be a good mom yeah. and tell him to be, you know, be nice to <laughs> to Thomas and stuff. But I think she's a good secondary character just because of how. She's like your typical, she is like your typical mom, like mm-hmm. your single native mom that has to do it all because she has, she has no choice. Plus, she makes Jesus fry bread. Yeah, everybody <laughs> fights over her fry bread. <laughs> I wrote down the quote, Arlene Joseph makes some Jesus fry bread. <laughs> fry bread that can walk across water. Fry bread rising from the dead. <laughs> okay. well, I was just thinking about that. Is fry bread going extinct? Is it getting less popular now with natives? Not that I know of. <laughs> I know we're aware that it's not healthy. <laughs> yeah. And that's not traditional. But we're still going to eat it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I personally don't get eating Indian tacos at Powell's just because I was, it's, I saw them, I always found them so messy. <laughs> you know, that's why you put another them. one on top. You well, make a sandwich. I did, I did have an Indian taco down in uh, Florida and they, they tore, they cut it into pieces. 
I was like, oh, that's kind of, uh, my mind was blown. It was way easier <laughs> to eat the taco. So they took the fry bread and they, you know, tore it up into pieces and they put everything on top and then you just take your fork and. Oh my God. <laughs> that is, yeah, my way mind easier is blown to now too. I'm just like, whoa. I, you know, I might have to agree with um, Marty about the mom. I mean, yeah, it's just a typical native mom, you know. Mm-hmm. Tough mom. Tough mom. Yeah. Hey, I and she does symbolize a lot of I don't know, just what what a, a lot of native women are kinda of like. I mean Like you I wish it didn't have to be that way. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But But even like yeah. divorce and all the hardships, she still held the urn up at the end. You know, had that respect. It's mm-hmm. like you know, I I I often wonder if a divorced and native is a little different than a non native, you know, because like they just want nothing to do with them for the rest of their life. Kind of sometimes, you know, my my mom knows divorced my dad. They still talk secretly, I guess, all friends. <laughs> and then even my grandpa, when he would come to see my grandma in Portland, oh, I couldn't believe he did this. He would leave his white wife out in the car and go inside and see my grandma and just do yard work for her. And I don't know if he felt bad. Or just guilty, but you know, just they had that mutual respect. Maybe sometimes you just need to get yelled at to do work, you know, because <laughs> yeah. you know, dating white women, you're not gonna get yelled at to do work too often. Yeah, yeah. date a native woman, you can get yelled at to do some type of yard yeah. work or do something, pick your clothes up or something. You know, well, it's like it's just a really odd memory. I remember always in that car, I was a little kid, hey, come inside. Oh, no, I don't want to go, in. I don't go in there. Like, really? Okay. There I go off again. Yeah. My sneak of feather, I've, I kind of wanted to see a little more of Thomas's grandma. Yeah, she's so sweet. Like who, who raised Thomas? Yeah, and then she's just cute, my little grandson. You know, she just like just like the the typical grandma. Her her little grandson could do no wrong, and she, and they just looked alike. It was she, hilarious. She always had him dressed in a suit. Yeah, and <laughs> cooking for him. His little, his little braids just tight. <laughs> No bushy braids for this grandson. <laughs> That's your kid. You know he's got bushy braids yeah. undone. <laughs> but this grandma raising him, so his his braids are just tight. <laughs> he's dressed up every yeah. day too. I think every res has that kid though. You know, right. like who does kind of get picked on, but he's always very well put together all the time. And he's probably also really smart. Right. <laughs> yeah. Grandma spends time with him and his grandma yeah. reads him and his grandma <laughs> Yeah. And on the basketball team, he's like the third best player, but he's the really hustle guy. <laughs> you know, you definitely need him. Or he's the manager. Or he's the manager. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What about a knee moment in this movie? There's a couple of them, I thought. I, I mentioned mine earlier um, when he ran like 20 miles in yeah. boots. As a kid, I remember seeing that and being like, man. You could do that, you know, because you don't know like what's possible and what's not so much, you know. And I was just... Not that long he ran too. It was getting late. Like, like, how many and he hours? was still running. I'm like, how many hours was even... he running? Yeah, I'm like, does he even run? Yeah, I was like, no cars pass by. Is there any yeah. place in America that is that far from a town? You know what I mean? Berlin anymore? could have beat him from there to the place already. <laughs> my my name moment was kind of is that, but also when the cop is like, oh yeah, you. You guys are fine. You guys can go. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, right. That would never. That's not going to happen. <laughs> I've never been let go. I know. I've never been told just go home. No. Let, well, unless I'm around white kids. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> they're going to. If I'm around white kids, it's, yeah, get out of here, guys. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, because I was, that reminds me of like when Joe, Joe tells me because he has to drive an hour to work every day and they get pulled over and he works with all white guys. And whenever they get pulled over, they never get a ticket or anything. They just get a warning. And they're, some of them are drinking in the car, you know, because mm-hmm. it's off of work. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, every time I get pulled over, they really ask everybody in the car for, like, our ID. driver's yeah. license <laughs> and everything. Yeah. That one time, they made me go sit in the cop car with them. And I, I use my white <clears throat> privilege all the time, you know, that I look white. Because I remember one of the first times when I was working at 48, I was cruising, you know, cruising mm-hmm. down that road. And I got stopped. Cop came up to me and... It was a it was a tribal cop, mm-hmm. you know, so he took my license and had my former last name on it, which is native sounding last name, and so he was like, oh yeah, huh? And then I, and I could see him look at me, you know, I look white, so he's, in his <laughs> mind he's like he's like, is this a white lady married to a native or, or is she, she native? native? Light skin. <laughs> and so he's like really looking at me, and he says the last name, and he goes, uh, so uh, are you Indian? And it's 
flashed through my mind, you know, geez, I could get off here. <laughs> I could get off. I just say, like, no, I'm white. <laughs> like your, your Peter moment after yeah, Peter yeah, got, yeah, exactly. <laughs> did Peter reject Jesus? Yes. <laughs> so I was like, I could get off here because he ain't going to want to call a state person and have him wait and stuff. And it's like, no, officer, I'm enrolled here. Uh, so sure enough, I got a ticket. But so my people, for my people, I went got down, a ticket. Went down for the Oyate? <laughs> yeah, went down for the Oyate. <laughs> Did you have a name? I was thinking about that car crash. Yeah. I guess I don't know what the purpose was of it, the movie, you know. Because it's a native movie. They had to have a car crash. We just <laughs> mentioned like four car crashes between us. Yeah. <laughs> We're accident prone. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was that Mr. Cicero when he was cussing him out. Yeah. You're oh, a dead yeah. woman. And this is like, you know, she's a dead woman. And I, you know, I was lo- reading into this a lot last week. Kind of get ready, and I just know Sherman Lexi is so full of symbolism. I don't know, maybe it has something to do with that. Because, like, like, like on, on a literal analysis, they said that the reason why Thomas was dressed in a suit and braids was he's supposed to represent the old ways, and Victor's supposed to be the modern Indian. Kind of forgot. And the reason why they go to Phoenix, I guess, is because his dad passed, and the Phoenix gets reborn in ashes cut from the oh, fire of the ashes. Oh, yeah. So, so I guess when Thomas supposedly went to Spokane and his dad Arnold found him and brought him home. It was a vision Thomas had that was his dad told him to take care of Victor. And so that's why Victor kind of changed after the running. So I don't know if that was the reason why that was in there or not, you know. Yeah. I, I was trying to fi- mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out why that was there, but that, that's kind of why he was in Phoenix. That's why and then and then Victor kind of adapts more of kind of more relates with Thomas and become friends. Because they find out that Thomas kind of gets mad at Victor and he says, your dad did this one good thing. Or was that Susie that gets mad at him? And she said, your dad did this one good thing. Susie, yeah. Yeah, your dad did this one good thing. He went and he saved this child and he Mm -hmm. saved you. And after Victor runs and gets help, then it's like he did that one good thing too. You know, and he kind of understood. Then he kind of, I don't know, maybe felt I can go be a drunk now? He kind of forgave his dad. Yeah, because he understood why his dad wanted to do something good or something else. Okay, so if I went there and went searching for my dad, right, and I found out my dad got to hang out with a hot girl all day randomly in the middle of the desert, (laughs) I I might have saw the light, too. I might have been like, you know what, Arnold Joseph? Not bad. You knew how to do things. Yeah, not bad thinking, buddy. (laughs) First tattoo cardinal is a very good-looking woman as well. So this guy is just knocking him out. <laughs> I, don't, I need to know what Arnold yeah. Joseph is saying to He's these medicine. native women. Yeah, yeah, what kind of medicine? You always wonder about some of those native guys who always have all these like pretty yeah. native girlfriends. You're like, how? Yeah, I've wondered that myself. With the buffalo body. <laughs> like sometimes you go to like a power and there's this old, you know... <laughs> Um, yeah. like baseball pitcher face and, and, and they have that native model with them it's like what okay now what's going on here <laughs> like first you gotta think money but then you're like well he's native there's a 50-50 chance <laughs> he don't got a lot of money <laughs> was he good at basketball is he a singer is he a singer yeah. is he a power dancer does he dance Maybe he's yeah. good at softball. You know? Yeah, that's creepy. he's got in. much jackets he's got yeah. too many jackets <laughs> Well, he, well, he had to be a hooper because Arnold jo- Joseph, remember he played those oh, yeah. um, the Jesuits, the Jesuits, oh, yeah. the Jesuits. <laughs> and then he had that Family basketball Jesuit. hoop like in their oh, little yeah, area. Yeah, oh, yeah so Arnold Jesuit. Joseph had to have been that was it. Right. Arnold Joseph was yeah. a hooper. Pendleton's. Yeah, he was taking off the tourneys on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my name moment is Victor's wig. When oh, he cut, after God. he cuts his God. hair. <laughs> The visible difference between <laughs> his hair. His hairline comes way up. I know. <laughs> way down half his forehead. And it's just black and shiny. Just like super black and shiny where it wasn't before. It was kind of. He had real know. hair. Yeah, he had real hair. <laughs> you could tell it was his real hair. He couldn't go method and commit to cutting his own yeah, hair? No, that's what I was like. What, what movie was it we just watched where it was a real haircut where they buzzed somebody's real hair? It was um, Indian Horse. Remember, they really buzzed that kid's hair. So, you know what? He got to step it up. Method act. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah. That was the most horrible wig that since was, um, yeah. Creep Show. Creep Show. <laughs> <laughs> I used to use that picture of Victor on my Twitter. I used to be my profile picture with his little wig. <laughs> People be like, who the hell is that? <laughs> it's Victor. It was terrible. It would be funny to hear like those conversations. You know what I mean? Like when they're filming this movie, like when is this gonna it, work? When he put it on. <laughs> well, when that wig did make it in a lot of reviews. Yeah, <laughs> people did not like it. Did not mention that wig. Yeah, that was the most horrible. Was, yeah, probably would have been better off wearing a powdered wig. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that you know that hit, hit different levels of okay. You know what I mean? Like a bunch of different people had to say okay to that part. I mean, wigs look so terrible. I tell guys, if I had to choose between a toupee and a powdered wig, I'm going with a powdered wig because at least I know it's not evil. I'm not trying to pass it off. I know if they really tried it. All right, what about our cousin Feather? What kind of character did this movie need? Probably like a regular girl character. You know, like I don't know who would be at the time as an like actress. Like a cousin or something. Like an yeah, like a younger actress woman. You know what I mean? Because I think so often. In these native movies, like that's why like Reservation Dogs is different to me as well, is because it's showing these young women as like growing up, where like as in a lot of these other native movies, it's always older women having to take over stuff. It's never really them just being themselves mm-hmm. and getting to go out because they, they always have to show them being stronger or yeah. being the other. So it would be nice like in a movie where there's a bunch of natives that. The, the girls are out there throwing rocks through windows, too, with them or something. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Because on the rest, that's almost half the fun is your girl cousins who... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like riding there with you. Yeah, riding their bikes with you. And, <laughs> and they're always the ones who go, help me, help me, if something happens. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I, I think they're not really showing how important your girl cousins are to you growing mm-hmm. up on the res, too. They, they, they could have used the girl character. I mean, I mean, in the book, of one of many short stories, I mean, there is a story where... Victor and a friend named Sadie went to a carnival. You know, yeah. female character. I mean, he had a lot of characters to choose from in his book that didn't really mm-hmm. make it. I mean, yeah. Junior was in there, but that was that main scene when they're playing basketball in the dream, in the in the gym there, and you don't even know his name besides looking at the cast. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they should have had they should have had Sadie in there playing basketball with them instead yeah. of shooting around in, in the gym. Yeah. yeah. There was also another one where Victor went to a I think a powwow and they're hooked up with the. Snagged, <laughs> snagged with Indian girl, and then they have a fight or something like that. And yeah, you know, like I said, I read the book shortly after watching movies as a kid in high in, in the high school. And, yeah, uh, you don't see many movies about young native girls. Yeah, like really a now and then yeah. native girl version. Yeah, like I wish they had something like that for us. Somebody exactly. make one. Who would be like the older native? Like you know, like how funny it is that Christina Ricci <laughs> turned into Rosie O'Donnell. Turned into Rosie O'Donnell in that movie. That was the most unrealistic. <laughs> Because I was thinking in that scene where he beats uh, Thomas up, I was like, that's a scene where a girl cousin would be like, well, you kind of deserved it, but I'll stop it. You know what I yeah. mean? Because like, they're still, Indian girls are still Indian at the end of the day and won't let you get punched, but they won't let you get beat up if they can stop it. They'll <laughs> <laughs> be like, well, we'll jump in now. You know, you kind of deserve to get hit there. You should shut up. <laughs> All right, what about our smudging feather? Who needs a smudging? Victor. Smudging? <laughs> Victor. Yeah, just crabby the whole movie. He's like the Michael Spears <laughs> character. <laughs> <laughs> they could have got Michael Spears to play yeah. that character. <laughs> yeah, he definitely needed some smudging to get over all his... His abandonment his issues. <laughs> you are moping around the res and break yeah. your mom back. <laughs> yes. Shut up, Thomas. <laughs> At least Thomas had the balls to tell him yeah. how it is, you know. I like that little conversation. What do you do? You don't got no job or nothing. You make your I mom do. cry. <laughs> he, said, he said, I take care of my grandma. Well, I take care of my mom. You make your mom cry. <laughs> The worst thing you can do to your mom. But they both are just really pointing fingers at each other. It's so funny. Thomas starts sticking up for himself at the end. He's getting tired of Victor moping around. It does, though. It gets exhausting when you're around somebody yeah. miserable like that yeah. every day. Yeah. You know, Thomas is just trying to help him and crabby the whole movie. And he never gives up on him either. Mm-hmm. No, He's he doesn't. There. Yeah. He's very loyal to Victor. I never really understood this movie the first time I watched it 
it kind of seemed really disjointed. Like, it's a bunch of, kind of like the book. Like, it's a bunch of small stories. stories. It's not really one big cohesive story. And I kind of felt like the movie was a little bit like that, too, where it was, I don't know, disjointed or something. And I didn't get it until the end that it re- it was about the different ways that we view the same person. So Victor viewed his dad as this awful villain and... Thomas viewed him as a hero. Because he saved him. Yeah, because he <clears throat> saved him. And the hottie viewed him as a very different man. <laughs> you know what daddy I mean? issues. Yes, exactly. She had her own dad issues, I felt. So she latched on to this guy because they had to be doing something. Well, why else would you come from New York to live in a trailer in the desert? <laughs> no, nowhere. So, I mean, to Arnold Joseph, she was something, he was something else as well. Right, the two women, view, I mean... The hurt guy, the hurt guy that you needed to help versus the bad guy that you need to throw his clothes out yeah. into the yard. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I can see that. It's like the complexity of how you view somebody and when you meet them because mm-hmm. you're always going to be the hero in somebody's story and the villain in somebody else's story. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. But like I said, I didn't get it until way like way later in the movie. For my Spongebob, TM, Michael Marin. Um, we, we kind of forget that sometimes that the Spongebob was TM'd by uh, oh, Michael yeah. Marin. <laughs> what was his little movie called again? The Smudging. The Smudging. But yeah, they throw Spongebob. So that's where we got this. Sometimes, I don't know if people kind of forget that a little bit. Um, but well, my I haven't watched that episode. Yeah. Watch, <laughs> listen to that episode. But my Smudgebomb would have to go to just Arnold Joseph. Just that up and ditched his whole family. You know what I mean? Like, that deserves a little bit of a smudge. Yeah. Um, not even, like, a, a letter or nothing. Like, they, he just kind of disappeared and hung out with a pretty girl all day. <laughs> Never, no calls or nothing. No calls, uh, nothing. So, yeah, get, let's give Arnold Joseph the smudge bomb for me. I feel like that's how a lot of, a lot of Native dads, though, they just take off, you know, because when I, like, when I, I haven't watched this movie in a long time, and I just recently watched it with my brother, and my younger brother has a completely different perspective on our dad. Because when I was younger, my dad, you know, was always taken off. And we didn't know. He's still we a legend then. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't know where he was, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, I could see, I can kind of relate to Victor too. But then, like Daniel, our dad was home by the time Daniel was, you know, born. Because yeah. he's like eight years younger than me. So he, he has a completely different experience with our dad. Right. You know, so... I could relate to the scenes where, like where like where where uh, Arnold just like takes off and I'm like man I remember seeing my parents fight and mm-hmm. then my dad just taking off and we don't know where he's going or I'm like oh I'm, and I'm freaking out too like Victor you know I'm like oh no my dad's I'm, I don't know when I'm gonna see him next mm-hmm. you know so I I kind of when I was watching this I was like gee this is kind of like bringing back uh, like P- not PTSD but you know what yeah, I mean right. I, I was like yeah. man I can relate to this movie yeah. you know. So I was little like that too, and but like I said, my my dad he grew up, yeah. <laughs> you know he came yeah. back around, you know he didn't take off forever like mm-hmm. like Arnold. So yeah. do you have a smudgeball? Well, I was thinking of the two cowboys on the bus. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. They just stole their seats. That's true. That I was like. <laughs> How are those little microaggressions that you got to deal with all mm-hmm. the time, you know? Well, they really do happen. Yeah. Even yeah. at the Walmart. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was at, I one time at this Walmart in Bismarck, I went, I had something. It was expensive. I think it was like a tractor sprinkler. But I was going to buy it. And the cashier just looked at me and she go, are you sure you want this? And I said, what do you mean? Well, oh, it's $75. I'm like, why would, why would I not want it if I didn't bring it to the cash register? She's like, she didn't think I could afford it. Uh, yeah, I've had people be like, is this going to be uh, EBT or what? Yeah. No, I have a credit card. <laughs> I'm not pay- I don't have EBT. I wish I did, <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> I think those little microaggressions, too, like the fact that they felt entitled to that are the things that made him even worse. You know, like <laughs> yeah, more angry, more mad. You know? <laughs> yeah. I always think that's funny, though, where he's, you know, teaching Thomas to be stoic. You oh, know? Yeah. And then he's like, well, I guess the mean Indian, what do you say? The mean Indian lift don't always work, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Just humble him <laughs> real quick. <laughs> Sit down. 
I like how Victor always tries to be so tough, and then Thomas always kind of like brings Just him brings back, him down, yeah, yeah, brings yeah. him back to reality. <laughs> like you ain't even tough. Scene eighty six. So oh, scene eighty six. My my scene eighty six was gonna be that wig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, and they need to get rid to of be. that. Like you said, so many people bring that up. They're like, that's like the worst. That takes everybody out of the movie because then they. It's supposed to be like a serious scene. They're like yeah. really fighting and arguing at this point. Yeah. But then his wig is like flopping all over the place. It's like kind of curls up yeah. like around his face. Yeah. Too. That looks cool. And then he's like yelling around. He's all mad and it's like flopping all over. And it ends up being unintentionally funny, you know. Right. So yeah. They need to get rid of the wig. Like that, I yeah, wish they would have. fire been... the wig master. Yeah. <laughs> Who picked that wig up? The off? person in charge of the wigs. <laughs> like I said, it's supposed to be like. Just a really dramatic scene, but it you just get just taken yeah, around like a bad bob. Yeah. Like you said, it's all curled under. <laughs> oh my god, it's like the it's like a terrible Rachel. Yeah, yeah. A bad Rachel. My mom always teased me because she cut my hair one time when I was in fourth grade, and that's how it looked. So she always used to say that was my Victor haircut. <laughs> Delaine had one too. A Victor. A homemade, a home, a home haircut. Picture hair, bad picture haircut. <laughs> that was the style though back then. We're all trying to have hair like Victor. Uh, not, not like that. But I mean, we're trying to have the length like that and end up looking like Victor. I think it would have eighty six the sheriff scene when they're in the cop office. I didn't really understand that. Other than maybe it was a scene written for the guy who played the sheriff, Tom Skerritt. Like I wonder if they needed to. You know, I watch a lot of movies. I read a lot about movies. And I remember just like Animal House, they wouldn't let Animal House film without um, Donald Sutherland in it. You had to have a major Hollywood actor. So, so okay, well, we'll hire Tom Scarrett and we'll just give him some run in the middle role. He got, got, got a green lid? <laughs> yeah. You know, we'll just put him as a sheriff. Yeah, you know, he, probably, he probably needed a movie. You know, like yeah. a, well, yeah. a contract. Well, yeah, because I, I, I wonder if it's the union rules or something that, that you know, when you get a, a movie like that, you need one screen actor guy in there or something. I don't know. It's yeah. like when you say, who's all there? <laughs> you got to for sure say a movie star. Yeah, I would actually, 86, the um, the fake story, the fake where they beat the priest or whatever, I think that story would just be as impactful if he said, but he missed, though. Like, Darnold Joseph didn't have to lie there. Yeah, I was kind of wondering that, too. I think it would be just as impactful him saying that. You know, sometimes you fight the evil white man and... They win, yeah, and they win, and they win. The cowboys think. always win. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, you know, as a kid, you're just like, man. Because I remember thinking that and being like, well, he, lo- he loves his son so much, he lied about his son that they won. But then I was always just like, well, you know, it's just to be impactful if he says, well, we played and lost, and let that be the story. Because so often you see these native teams who are super good, then they lose to white teams, you know, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. They fall apart at the end or... They get ineligible, and so three of their guys aren't good at the end of the season. So, like, yeah. there's a, they get in fights, things like that. And so sometimes, you know, things just don't work out in our favor. And I think that would have been just as good as to the story as if he said his dad won. But maybe they were trying to endear their dad or something, you know? But mm-hmm. I didn't see that as a positive for Arnold Joseph. Just, just turn him into a big BSer? Yeah, just turn <laughs> him into a big BSer. Like, yeah, this guy. <laughs> My scene 86 had to do with the bad week. I don't know why... He he wore his hair out the whole time. Um, Victor wore his hair so out. Like, like, he said he said that Indians had to wear it full or something. Yeah, yeah, you have to wear your hair full out and stuff like that. And I don't know, I don't know very many Native men that wear no. their hair just full and out. out. Mm-hmm. Like you're, it's either in a braid or ponytail. Yeah. Or I know if I ever or... tried that, Shauna would kill me because <laughs> she thinks right. I look like Einstein or a heat miser <laughs> or something like that. It's just too. Because <laughs> he had a ponytail when they're playing basketball. Yeah, like he should have just had it like that the whole time. Yeah, it looked kind of weird that it was just out (laughs) yeah for the whole movie, and I would I would have liked maybe Adam Beach is just trying to flex his hair throughout the whole movie. (laughs) All right, are we recommending this movie? Yeah, I would. If you grew up in my generations or the generations before, it might give you some PTSD (laughs) the way you're disciplined back in the day. But otherwise, yeah, it's it's got a lot of good quotes and it's. It's got fun. It's got hum- native humor and stuff in it. So, 
I, I would recommend this. At least watch it once, you know. This mm-hmm. is the one of the OG all native right. movies. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, when people ask me what a good native movie is, like non-natives, I always tell them this one first. Mm-hmm. Maybe because it's the first contemporary one. The, the one where we weren't in Bucks <laughs> Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I get tired of that myself. I mean, my wife, Shauna, she, when Into the West came out, she was watching all the time. And I just said, hey, like that Thomas quote, and nothing more pathetic than Indians watching Indians on TV. <laughs> That's funny, too. They kind of call yeah. us all out, yeah. too, while we're watching it. I mean, as far as, like, there is, there's so few contemporary Indian movies out there, and it's one of them few movies that kind of brings back a lot of memories. When you're Native and you grow up in a non-Native society, you, you are missing something. Yeah, there's no representation mm-hmm. anywhere. And no matter how hard they try, even a token character doesn't do nothing. Right. Yeah. You know, and um, and and the negative reviews say that this is like just a run in the mill, like a like a played out road trip movie. It's not that either. No. You know. Yeah. I mean, this is how we live. This is how a lot of people live. Mm-hmm. And I do think it is a um, it's a really good commentary on this idea of sons and fathers because when the U.S. government started making really deliberate efforts at breaking down Native families, they took away the role of the Native male first Mm -hmm. as a warrior, as a hunter. And so Native women, we've been able to continue our role and even strengthen our role, but Native men have not. And that's played a really big part in the relationship between fathers and sons and, you know, the trauma that dads go through and then their sons and then the, and then they become fathers and then they you know yeah. that trauma just rolls down the hill and i think this is a film that really takes that issue on in a, in a good way you know mm-hmm. it, it's not too heavy-handed it's not preachy it's just like hey this is how it is and you know and that little speech at the end that thomas says you know about shall we forgive our fathers and, mm-hmm. and if we forgive our fathers then what's left mm-hmm. you know i mean i think that's very powerful that i think that really like that part of the I, th- I think that's a good, con- you know, contemporary movie without having to make it all this big historical. And if you like the movie, I almost recommend the book. I've read th- two of his books, uh, Reservation Blues, this one. I need to, yeah, I, I've been wanting to read this, This what is it, Tonto? Lone right? Ranger and Tonto Fist Fight yeah, in Heaven. Yeah, because I did read the part-time Indian one in the day, and I thought I thought that was a funny book. It's really a shame <laughs> that... That Sermon Lex is kind of disgraced now, too. Right. Yeah, yeah, there's controversy now. Yeah. yeah. On him, so. I think he was probably one of the most modern, prolific writers. <laughs> well, let this be a lesson to you. If you ever become an Indian role model, do not be a butt. <laughs> yeah. yeah don't, don't, don't ruin it. Smudge yourself <laughs> good. Smudge yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to give a shout out that also, this is the first time that they did the radio DJ um, oh, you know, yeah. the, the it, it kind of became a trope, but this one was the original like radio DJ and the guys out sitting on the road. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, there's no traffic. <laughs> Lester falls apart. <laughs> yeah, and it was funny. funny. Came up with the good quote too. It's a good day to yeah. be indigenous. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah, and so um, yeah, shout out because that was the first time it was done and kind of little maybe maybe a little overdone now, but <laughs> never the first. Yeah, never the first. <laughs> So, all right, you heard it here, you guys. Watch Smoke Signals. It's kind of the original Native movie that kicked it off, and uh, still a lot of good stuff in there. So, Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for yeah. having me. I want to come yes, back. Was, yeah. yeah. Awesome to have you here with us, and uh, we'll come back for another movie. Catch us on uh, Spotify, uh, Apple Music, iTunes, anywhere you get your podcast. Keep on listening. All right, until next time. See ya. Bye. Flutes and feathers, eagles cry, no more saviors, no more lies, waiting for better days, we'll be here with our reggae's, hey-oh, hey-ah, hey-oh, 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 hey-oh